0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact.
1: Hey there, basketball fans and betting enthusiasts. Welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. This is Coach Young. I know, I know, I know. I told you we had to wait a couple of days. But Sometimes as a coach, you gotta have an audible. You gotta have a backup plan. And when you got a heater coming in off the sidelines, you have to bring him in. I am so happy for a couple of minutes to have a Fox broadcaster and reporter, one of the best in the business, my buddy John Fanta, on
2: tonight. John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. James, it's great to be with you, coach. Love talking college basketball with you. Always, it's such a fun time of year. We're starting to find out enough prognosticating, enough projecting. Now is the time for the games to fully rev up, and I'm loving this. I'm loving this early season, just the slate uh, as it revs up. That opening week, not the best of schedules, but as time goes on, and then we get to Thanksgiving week, that's when the measuring sticks can get pulled out and we find out about who these teams are. And what's
1: great is, folks. John is literally at the XL Center in Hartford because he's got to do Mississippi Valley State and UConn in a couple of minutes. So I'm just going to get right down to the questions. John, last night, St. John's, there's been so much talk about Rick Pitino and the overhaul of his roster. And here comes Michigan with Phil Martelli. Don't sleep on Phil Martelli, folks. This is one of the more underrated coaches of this generation. Comes in with Michigan and blow St. John's out. So here it is. Is St. John's overvalued? Is Michigan undervalued? And with Juan Howard's absence right now, how big is it for a team like Michigan to turn to a great coach
2: like Phil Martelli and have a guy like Howard Isley on the sideline as an assistant coach? I think to answer your question, it's a combination of both. But if I had to commit to one, it would be that Michigan is undervalued. Look, the Wolverines, they had a very topsy-turvy offseason. Remember, they were in the transfer portal trying to get Caleb Love. It didn't work out. And the guy on your screen, Doug McDaniel, was absolutely fantastic on Monday night at Madison Square Garden. He had 26 points. He had seven assists. He had six rebounds. They didn't even need Olivier Camois to be great. To me, we undervalued Michigan's backcourt. Jawan Howard or not, okay, talent wins. And McDaniel had a good freshman season coach. Now he's poised for the breakout, but I think it's an even bigger breakout than we thought. Between McDaniel and what he did between Namari Burnett, look, you you know the game. Sometimes when a guy comes out and is hot, there's nothing you could do to control that. Namari Burnett hit his first eight shot attempts. It's the best college game he's ever played, and credit to him. For that reason, I'm going to say that we undervalue Michigan. Phil Martelli... Uh, Sadie Washington, Howard Isley, that whole staff deserve a ton of credit. But Martelli deserves a lot of credit for taking over the reins. I thought he coached his tail off. I thought he ran circles around Rick Pitino on Monday night. Patino admitted it. This, these aren't my words. Patino said, we got dominated. They ran great stuff, and we got crushed tonight. He was real. He was candid. And I just thought that, Coach, for St. John's, for the, the few players that are back, but for all the newcomers, they had never played in a game like this. They had never played in a game like that matchup with Michigan. It's not an excuse. It's more an explanation. St. John's late egg. Is their season over? Uh, no. They have a Hall of Fame head coach who understands what it takes to get his teams evolved. That's not me praising anything. It's just stating fact. I think the Red Storm will be okay, but we really undervalued Michigan.
1: And I agree. And you and listen, I, a good friend of coach at Rumson Fairhaven High School, George Sorla, said the difference between my team and your team I had more talent. So if you have the talent, you always have a chance to win. We know the phrase coaches lose them, players win them. On to another team in the Big East, Villanova, a lot of expectations for Coach Neptune in his second year, and they lost at the Palestra to one of, and I would say a very underrated u team. Take away the fact that Dingle trans- uh, transferred, but this is a big-time, well-coached team at Penn. But going back to Nova, what are your expectations, and how does a guy like Coach Neptune have to mix in an Eric Dixon and a Justin Moore, but the transfers of T.J. Bamba, Hakeem Hart, Lance Ward, Tyler Burton, talk about what we need to see about Donovan now. But more importantly, will they be another team that will be better down the road
2: as all these players kind of work themselves in together? Well, they better be because the pressure's on. Villanova spent a lot of NIL money on this roster coach. And the Wildcats have a new standard. Jay Wright created it. The standard is to make NCAA tournaments and make NCAA tournament runs. And look, we live in a harsh world. You know, having coached, what what it means. The the fact is, the clock is ticking. It might be year two for Kyle Neptune, but he's got to get Villanova to the NCAA tournament. This team is too talented to lose to Penn. That's a really tough loss. And credit to Penn, the Ivy League is better than people are saying. I think that Yale and Princeton are both teams that if they go dancing, they're going to make a lot of noise in March. But, you know, I talked to somebody last night who said, I'm not even sure if Penn will make the Ivy League tournament based on the way the Ivy plays out. But but Penn just beat Villanova. And the fact is, what do I boil it down to? I mean, T.J. Bamba can't go two for nine. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric Dixon shot four for 11 in this game. So... They went nine for 33 from three. Uh, Villanova is a three-point-oriented team. And to me, they brought in a bunch of different guys who can shot make, can make plenty of shots, but point guard play right now is a concern. It can't all be Justin Moore in the backcourt. Villanova needs more out of sophomore Mark Armstrong.
1: And, and, and it's interesting you, you, you say that because if I'm Villanova, and I'm counting up to you, you have to win because there's a guy that's running the NIL – by the name of Baker Dunleavy, who's got head coaching experience, who's part of the Villanova tree. So a lot of pressure on Villanova to perform this year. Hey, you know what? Let's stick in the biggies. And one of the guys that I've I've been a fan of since that Final Four run, and that's Shaka Smart. And what a job he has done in short order going back home. Remember, folks, if I'm not mistaken, he's from Wisconsin going back home to coach at Marquette, and this team is a top 10 team. Big game for them. I know this is going to be released tomorrow morning, but they have a big game tonight versus Brad Underwood and Illinois. What do you make of the fit of Shaka in Mark and Marquette? And do you think a guy like Shaka Smart, who had a tough time winning at Texas, let's be honest,
2: everybody has a tough time winning at Texas, is he underrated as a coach? Well, he is. And how we define coaches is a little tricky nationally because the casual fan, all they want to think about is March. And there's look, folks, I'm not going to tell you that March shouldn't come first. March success. It's what we praise coaches for. So then you have to judge coaches on what they do in that month. The fact is, Shaka Smart has only made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament one time in his career. And it was actually the year that he took VCU all the way to a Final Four. That's the only time that he's really made a deep NCAA tournament run was 2011. I think that, that that's something he lives with. I think it's something that makes him, I don't want to say frustrated, but makes him hungrier and striving for more. That, that he hasn't been able to fully break through in March. Remember that humiliating loss at Texas to Abilene Christian. But let's focus on the team that they've got. If Tyler Colick's fully healthy. He, Cam Jones, Stevie Mitchell make up as good of a backcourt trio as you're going to find. Mitchell is a beast. He's an elite defender. He does not get enough credit for what he does for them on both ends of the floor. He sets the tone for them. Cam Jones is averaging 20 points per game. Those guys don't grow on trees. They don't anywhere. And he does. He, he is a, an elite, elite scorer. To me, what, what Marquette's success comes down to is what they get at the four slot. Olivia Mack, since Prosper, was the number 24 pick in the NBA draft. It's a great testament to Shaka Smart and his player development. They've got to get David Joplin. They've got to have Ben Gold contributing. But is Shaka underrated? I would say so. I would absolutely say so. Marquette was in the darkness before firing Steve Wojciechowski. They greatly needed a program changer. Shaka sort of reopened the doors there, made Marquette a very energetic program, and got them on track.
1: Big uh, of the of the Midwest. Let us stay there, but let's go to a conference that is. You want to talk about underachieved? It's the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament, and when you think about Tom Mizzo, Matt Painter, Jawan Howard, Steve Pikel, Greg Gard, Mike Woodson, you know I can go on and on and on. Uh, Chris Collins, you know, with that conference, can this be the year that the Big Ten steps up? and someone makes a run in March. And if there is a team, who would you say that would be the team for you that can make a deep run in the tournament?
2: It's Purdue. It's Purdue. And I say that fully knowing that the Boilermakers lost last year to Fairleigh Dickinson. I think that helps them when they get back to the March Madness stage. The fact is this program has one of the best – All-around talents we've ever seen in college basketball. I mean, Zach Eady. It gets taken for granted what he does every single night, but he goes out there against Sean Miller and Xavier, and and just dominates them with 28 and and 11. I mean, nobody could stop him. To me, though, Purdue's another year older in their backcourt. They're another year older. They have Braden Smith, who's tallied 25 assists in three games. Lance Jones gives them a different dimension, the transfer from Southern Illinois. And I really like Miles Colvin, the freshman that they brought in, his shot-making ability. I know that there's been a, a popular answer in the preseason of Michigan State and Tom Izzo and the guards and that experience. But my concerns with Michigan State are their size. They, they, they don't have quality at the five still. Xavier Booker, the five-star freshman for Tom Izzo, that expression on Izzo's face sort of says it all for how I think he would think about his, his center position. You know, when you look at the Big Ten, uh, I liked Maryland, Coach, but they started in the season 0-2. I think Illinois got upside to make a run because Terrence Shannon Jr. is a beast, and I really like the additions of Quincy Garrier and, and Marcus Domask, but Purdue's the main answer. They have to be because Edie is an absolute force, and that backcourt is another year older. And I expect them to have redemption on their minds when they step on the floor in the big dance.
1: And I think that's important because I think guard play is going to help you win in in March and April. But I'll tell you what, if Zach Gidey sets that pin down screen and gets in the middle of the lane, he can get to that jump hook, game's over. There's there's no way you can defend it besides displacing him and moving him out. So let's go to another big-time coach. We just went from the big 10 Let's go to the SEC. We all know that Cal beat the market, John, with the one-and-dones. But it's caught up to him over the years. That being said, this recruiting class of Cal's probably been one of his best, if not his best, since he's been at Kentucky. How big of a year is this for Cal, knowing especially there is that buyout looming large that if he doesn't get
2: it done, the whispers are starting to get louder in Lexington? It's a mammoth year for John Calipari. I mean, you, you can't overstate how much this year means. To me, they can't go a fifth straight year. And I know one of those years was, was COVID, but still. They haven't been to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament since 2019. We're about to hit 2024. It will have been five years since they tasted that. This is a blue blood program. We need to be holding them to that standard. And when you bring in the number one recruiting class in the country – the pressure's on. It's always going to be on in Lexington. But I think for Cal, it's interesting that he goes closer to his roots with Robert Dillingham, with D.J. Wagner, with Justin Edwards. I mean, the Aaron Bradshaw injury is tough for Kentucky because Cal told me over the summer, Coach, in a Q&A for Fox Sports that he felt that there was a chance Aaron Bradshaw ended up being the best of the bunch uh, in terms of these freshmen and what they can do. But we haven't seen Bradshaw because he's been hurt. So here's the thing. I, I'm, I really, I'm concerned. You know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the Wildcats have to, they've got to put something together here this year. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. And to me, I think a lot of people have them in the top 20 because they have the nation's number one recruiting class, mm-hmm. Coach. And so we put them there because of talent. And I get the whole thing, talent wins. But I'll take experience and fits over talent. I, for Kentucky's sake, I hope they prove me wrong. I don't have them ranked right now. A lot of people think I'm an idiot for doing that because everybody else has them ranked. I, I'm, I'm Because of what I've seen the last couple of years, I need to see them prove something to me to put a number next to their name.
1: And, and I'll tell you what, we're shooting it today. I think they're in trouble tonight versus Kansas. I I think, they're in, I think they're in a heap of trouble with that team because I do think, especially early on, John, I think experience... Matters a lot in these big matchups. Let's end with one last one for me. USC could be the best team in the Pac-12, but that backcourt, I don't know if you want to call it a law firm or what, Collier and Ellis, whatever you want to call them, are they the best backcourt in the country? And Andy Enfield's been there for a while after leaving Dunk City of Florida Gulf Coast. Could this be the year that USC makes or run in the tournament.
2: Absolutely. And, look, he's made runs before, had done it at FGCU, and was able to do it a couple of years ago with the Trojans when he was able to take them to an Elite Eight in 2021. So they, he's a great coach. Like Andy Enfield's one of the more underrated coaches in the sport. And I love the mesh of a fifth-year senior in Boogie Ellis – with the number one rated recruit, and it feels like they've got a really nice mojo to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's what I love about this USC team is when you can blend experience and high-level experience with just outstanding freshman talent, you're going to be able to have a lot of success. So for me, uh, I like this USC team, and I agree with you. I mean, I think they're a second-weekend team in the NCAA tournament. They certainly have it in them to, to be that good. I think for them, the big key is Joshua Morgan and what happens on the interior, and can they be consistent? DJ Rodman's ability to kind of grow into his role, the son of Dennis. Yeah, this team has the son of LeBron James and the son of Dennis Rodman on it, so the celebs are out. But I'll tell you what, uh, DJ had 15 points against Cal State Bakersfield. That was a really nice performance. More of that, if they've got him performing well and they've got Kobe Johnson serving in a role on the wing, this team could be really dangerous and special.
1: All right, I, I wasn't gonna be done, but as a coach, you know you get to that they hit that first horn for the first for the timeout to end and you always got something else to ask. So I'm gonna ask you really quickly. Give me, and I know it's early, John, give me your final four team, give me your national champion, and give us a team under the radar that nobody's talking about
2: that you think could make a special run in March. Wow. I'm going to go with the Memphis Tigers. I think Penny Hardaway, as something's pulling into the arena, I really like Penny Hardaway to make a run. I I like Penny Hardaway's team. Um, At the end of the day, they've got experience on their roster. Javon Quinterly, uh, the fact that they were able to bring in Caleb Mills from Florida State, David Jones has been in so many college basketball games, and Jaquan Walden, Jordan Brown. I mean, they're old. Memphis is old. They're going to play hard. They're going to be defensively sound. You know, you look at Ken Pomeroy, the metrics. Memphis is 17 in defense, and that's something that's not an anomaly. You know, that that's what Memphis has typically been. Uh, last year, they were actually slightly better on the offensive end of the floor, but this is a program that's really priding itself on being a top 30 defensive team in the country. I think that's going to continue, and I like Hardaway with guards with Quinterly and Mills. He's going to have some size. He's got the wing play in Jones, who's a guy who can get you 20 points if you need him to. I think the Tigers, remember this, Memphis was a bounce of the ball away from beating Florida Atlantic. Maybe the ball will bounce their way this time and could spark a run. The Tigers are back on my map this year. Love it,
1: love it. Listen, John, I know you got to go. Hurley's probably yelling at his kids, getting ready. Special thanks to John Fans. You can follow him at at. at John underscore Fanta. You can see him tonight, seven o'clock, uh, when he has the UConn game all over Fox and he's done a fantastic job. My friend John Fantas, thank you, thank you so much for coming on today and the Betting Above the Rim podcast.
2: Coach Young, anytime. Love joining you. And I'll give a plug to the women's game, which I know you you're all over as well, but I get the privilege of being able to call number eight Yukon and number twenty Maryland Thursday at six thirty Eastern time on FS1. Caitlin Clark in Iowa against Kansas State follows our game. So if you are into women's basketball, or even if you're not and you have never seen Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark play, folks, you need to watch that Thursday night. I appreciate you having me. The season's just underway and I can't wait for us to do it again.
1: Thanks, John. I will plug what John just said and said you will have a couple of coaches. And Brenda Fries and Gino Oriemma, who both got beat up a little bit their last game, and bad news. John, thanks so much for coming on to Betting Above the Rim uh, podcast. This has been Coach Young. Thank you for John for coming on. For all of you listening, remember you can find uh, the Betting Above the Rim podcast wherever you find your podcast and the Sports Grid app. I'm telling you, folks, this Sports Grid app is outstanding and has everything you need. As a sports better, you want pregame stuff, we got it. You want live stuff, you got it. You want predictions, we got it. You got props, we got it. And you want some of the best people in the sports betting industry like myself, Kevin Walsh, Donnie Rightside, Scotty Farrell. I can keep going on and on and on, but make sure you download the Sports Grid app. Once again, this has been the Betting Above the Rim podcast. We'll be back next Monday where we go into more things. I know I told you we were talking about the Houston Rockets, but if I get John Fanta on the show, I can throw all of that stuff out until next week. Until next week, this has been the Betting About the Rim podcast. We will be back next Monday. Make sure you check us out only on grade.